Welcome back to Juncture Podcast. Um, Today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to do a quick um, about me episode. Um, It's probably going to go up like on an off day or something. Um, It's not going to be like a full Wednesday episode. And this is your first time listening to Juncture. My name is Jackie. I am the host. Uh, Juncture represents my love of films and dreams, and I talk about how I analyze them both, and that I use a lot of the same tools to analyze and discuss both dreams and films. And um, I use my multidisciplinary background to do this and to get more into a little bit detail into who I am. Um, I'm a native Texan of the Gulf Coast region um, from the southeast um, Gulf Coast region. I grew up in a small town. Um, I left um, college to go to the city. Um, No, that's not right. I left my town to go to college in the city um, I went to college in Houston. Um, educational background is in fine art, design, or history, and creative writing. Um, I've worked as a graphic designer for almost 10 years now. It's my full-time job. I do podcasting. I do this, and I also uh, do freelance work in my off time. Uh, I always, I've always had a fascination with art and stories and those are probably the two main things that started my interest in wanting to understand films and dreams I wanted to understand how I and my dreams and others um, in the films um, create their stories, how our mind, when we dream, um, creates these visual stories for us while we're asleep. And then that sort of same fascination with how, you know, writers, screenwriters, directors, these um, film visionary people, how they create this story for us. They're sort of the dream masters or the sort of dream makers and they orchestrate the story and it appears on screen and we all kind of just sit back and watch it. Um, I haven't always sort of looked at film from a critical perspective. Like I haven't, I mean, I've always loved films. It wasn't until, I don't know, maybe around like, maybe like college when I kind of started sort of looking at films differently. And I think that probably had a lot to do with the courses I was taking, like um, art history um, courses, you know, talking about art and design in my classes and coming at the things that we see in an everyday environment and, and knowing and understanding why things are the way they are, why they make things a certain color, why do they place signage here and not there and sort of realizing that everything in our um, waking world um, is pretty much sort of 
um, someone manufactured by someone. If it's not ourselves, it's, you know, it's manufactured by someone else. And so everything is sort of orchestrated to um, look a certain way. And once you realize why people are making things look a certain way, it's just you end up looking at the world in a completely different perspective. It's like I look at advertising and, and packaging like in a whole new way. Um, media and the sort of propaganda, um, having that critical eye and really saying, or not saying, but you know, really uh, realizing that things, it's not just how it is on the surface. That's not how things are. And it's almost like subliminal and subconscious how they place certain things, they know how our mind works from a psychology standpoint, things that appeal to us, you know, certain demographics, it's all orchestrated, it's all maneuvered, it's all created by someone somewhere to evoke a certain emotion or a certain reaction to make us feel a certain way or to make us think about certain things that we wouldn't think about until we see this commercial or we hear this song in this commercial and it's just you know you can't you can't be fooled anymore um or at least not as easily once you realize how um marketing and all that works and so going back to the podcast um realizing that everything in films are are, are put in there in a certain way. Every every element in the film is put there to tell a story. It's to visually say something that maybe the actors really aren't saying. And that's it, the key to really understanding film is really, I mean, you have to understand what certain things mean, like the, the basics of frameworks, but it really helps you look at it from that perspective that all these visual elements, the colors, the textures, the the wardrobe, the makeup, the the accents, all of that is put in there to um, be a part of the story. It's just a nonverbal part of the story. It's or it's like a you know a visual part of the story or an auditory part of the story. It's more than just what the actors are saying on screen. So yeah, I, I wanted to better understand how we create stories and I wanted to understand and learn and to study the techniques of these film directors and writers and creators and costume directors. Um, I am a 80s horror movie fan. I will watch some newer films if they're made well with interesting, unique plots or if they're not too gory. Um, I'm kind of, um, I, I, I don't want to say like I'm anti-gore, but um, in a lot of these, the newer horror movies that I guess from the 2010s to now, um, a lot of the horror movies they add a lot of gore in as the as the scare factor is the the shock factor and they sort of omit the part of 
horror that I find most fascinating. It's not how gross or disgusting you can be and how much blood and guts you can have on the film, but it's the it's the mental, it's the psychological part seeing guts. I mean, because that just grosses me out. That doesn't make me scared. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't have this um, the sort of mental reaction. Like I like the the film where I'm watching where I have a, you know, an emotional reaction, not like I'm screaming my head off in a theater, but um, there's one film, um, and I, I don't know if I've, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but the very first time I saw the film Red Dragon, I don't, I don't know who directed that, I'm just, because this is off the top of my head, but when I first saw Red Dragon, I was in college, I was sitting in my dorm room one night, watching Red Dragon. It was like on AMC or something. And have you ever seen Red Dragon? It's not really like a gore fest. It's, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's really like a horror film. It's more like a thriller, but it has that sort of psychological effect. And so there was one scene where the main guy, um, what's his name? He's, I think it's Ralph Fiennes. He's the, the main antagonist, the, the character, and he's going out on this, I mean, he didn't go out on the date, but he's having a date with this woman, and she's blind, and he is very self-conscious about the way he looks, and this woman, she's blind, right, and so she can't see how he looks, and he brings her over to his house, and they're sitting in the living room, and Okay, so spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> by this time in the film, um, we already know that he is the killer. Like, it's, I, I believe it's already been exposed that he's, he's doing all kind of crazy stuff. And she has not realized that. She thinks he's a little weird, you know, it's a little bit weird, a little shy or whatever. But she doesn't, she doesn't know that he's this know killer who's doing all this crazy stuff and she's in the house and I think she tries to like make out with him and he starts playing this um this video on tv and it's like a video of this family that he's murdered and the wife is in the 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 wife is in the video and he is like fixated on the wife and so he's I, I think he was trying to get aroused by watching this woman in this video who's you know a week ago or whatever he murdered her and her entire family and she he has it on mute so she can't hear anything and then she's blind so she can't see anything either and I was like, oh my God, I, the, the fact that she was blind, I felt like she was just the sort of lamb to slaughter, just kind of like walking into this lion's den or whatever. And this guy is this cold-blooded killer and she's just this innocent and she, you know, believes in good and that he's, uh, you know, just a good person, he's normal, there's nothing wrong with him. 
And I was just, at the time, I remember I was so afraid for her. I was just like, oh my God, you know, please don't kill this woman. You know, she had a good heart. She was, she, she, you know, she saw something in him and she was just, you know, trying to like show him some love. And I was just like, she goes, and then she goes to this guy's house and, and I was like, you know, she's going to like kiss him and he's going to like punch her in the face or something and start killing her. I was just like, oh my God, please don't kill her. And as the scene was going on and the scene finished and I realized that I was holding my breath the entire time that I was, um, I, I was, I was rooting for this woman. Like I was so afraid for her. I just did not want her to end up the way that, you know, these innocent families who had crossed paths with him, with him in some way, um, ended up, I was just like, oh my God, like, please, you know, I was like, please don't kill her, please don't kill her. It was that sort of tension and that suspense that was built up in that scene, knowing everything you know about this guy and what he's done, and that she is completely oblivious to all of that. These are the kind of films, these are the kind of elements that I I want to see in horror movies where um, it's this nuance, it's it's this tension, it's the the little things that are the more fear-inducing, that I feel are the most you know, I guess entertaining, the more interesting. I think it takes more work to be able to convey that on film than it does to get some fake blood and fake guts and stuff on the screen. And I'm just like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be grossed out. Like, that's not a physical reaction that I want to feel when I watch films. Like, you know, like, I don't want to... Um, <laughs> so... That's what I that's what I like about horror films or just films in general because a lot of the films that have that aren't really um fear films. They aren't really horror films. Um unrelated this made me think of because I recently saw an M. Night Shyamalan trailer for his new film Old. Um a lot of people aren't fans of M. Night Shyamalan, but he was one when he first made his first movie I love M. Night Shyamalan um, because he was one of those people that did the the non-gore for me and just he made films like really scary like it was parts of the plot or parts of the acting, the character, parts of the story or something visually in the story that was like really, really terrifying that you can't replicate with just splattering, you know, guts and, you know, cutting people and stuff. Um, and one, I remember when I first saw um, the movie Signs, which is like old, old, old. I wasn't even in, I don't think I was even in college when that came out. But there's a particular scene when the aliens come and um, the family is hiding in the pantry or something, or somebody's in the pantry. And the door is closed and they're like hiding in there and it's dark and someone has a knife, like it's like a butter knife. I think it's a knife and there's like a gap between the door the bottom of the door and the floor and they have the knife and they kind of have the knife at the gap in the door and they hold it in a way where they can see the reflection on the outside through the the metallic uh, material of the of the knife, like it's the, the reflection, 
and um, it's like this it's this tension it's this build up because you know that there's something um, something terrible on the other side of the door and you know he's like shaking trying to hold the knife and and, and you know you, you as the viewer I'm I mean I, I was all into the film like I'm trying to like strain my head I'm straining my eyes you know trying to see on the knife too what they're seeing and I think at some point something walks by the door or it stops in front of the door and it's like boom you know it's kind of like the sort of jump scare um but it's just it's built that tension because you know physically and emotionally you're straining trying to figure out or you're trying to see what they're seeing in the reflection of the knife that whatever's on the outside like that's that those are the kind of things that I love and then I, I believe he also did it again in um The Happening which is this film gets so much crap um it did when it came out because people thought it was really bad but I loved it because it, it reminded me of those uh, people. People said that it was like the 80s B-movies um, where the acting was kind of bad. And the acting was only really bad for um, Mark Wahlberg, who was in it. Um, <laughs> because his acting, his acting wasn't, I mean, it, it, it wasn't, it was, it was all right. You know, not Oscar worthy, but there's this one scene where he's, uh, going he's at this old lady's house they they're running from the happening they're running from whatever's going on and they find this old lady and she lets them in this house and the old lady kind of goes nuts like I don't know if she was nuts before the happening or she got nuts during the happening but she was I don't know some like recluse or something and then she starts accusing them of of stuff him and the the family of, of doing something and they're like you know didn't do it you know she's kind of like paranoid she's going through some kind of episode and at one point when she's accusing him and, and Mark Wahlberg's like what no and he says that and the way he says it and the expression on his face like everyone kind of laughed at him for that but it's still a good it's a good movie but anyway in the very beginning not the very beginning but towards the the beginning of the film there's um, a scene where and they showed this I remember in the trailers when they were uh, promoting the film but it's a scene where they're on the street and you have the camera has a it, it gets the gives the viewer a very limited view of what's on screen and the camera is almost like at ground level and so you can only see I guess pretty much about the ground to where the, the the bottom of a car would stop and so you see like people's foot and ankles walking by and that's all you see right is these people walking by running you hear screaming of course and then you see people hit the ground like they're falling or something and then I think one part um, you see a cop or somebody walking by and you hear a gunshot and then you just see him falling on the ground and you never see what's going on around you it's just kind of like you're sort of peeking un from underneath the car like you're hiding out from underneath the car and all these things are around you, you have a limited view and you hear sound but you have to sort of use your imagination to imagine the horror and imagining the horror is much more scarier than 
seeing the horror of what is actually happening in front of you, but trying to imagine and fathom and um, prepare because that anticipation, that um, anxiety is much more terrifying than just having everything spelled out, visualized out for you on the screen. And so I really appreciate when um, directors go that route. Um, it reminds me of a lot of the old school films from like, you know, back in the day when things were much more censored and you, you couldn't, you couldn't really, you couldn't show someone like dying on screen. You couldn't show like blood and guts and stuff. I think it was like, you know, a technique people really, I think maybe more so back then, um, filmmakers, um, relied more on the psychological aspect of horror than they did the gore and violence because that wasn't allowed but i think that's more interesting and and that's actually more horrific than seeing everything because like i said seeing on that gore and guts is just um it's not scary it's just gross like you know it it doesn't make me want to continue watching it you know there's some scenes where i've um I've just fast forward through it like <laughs> when I did um the episode on Young Rolls uh I guess this week there are two scenes that whenever I rewatched the show because the first time I saw it I didn't know what was going to happen but when I rewatched it I was like no we're skipping over this um someone like threw up on screen and I was just like no we're gonna skip over that and then um <laughs> someone else um there was like an initiation and it was gross and I was like no we're skipping over that all of that we're skipping over all of that um so like yeah I don't like vomit that's like one of my things uh, I don't like vomit I don't like hearing someone throw up I don't like seeing it I don't like smelling it um so that's like one thing about gore it's like no we're not we're gonna skip over that if it's anywhere in the film um I either mute it and look away because I don't want I don't even like hearing the sound or I just, if I can, I just kind of just skip over it. But, or like that's like one of the things. But, so like one of my, um, one of my favorite shows is The Walking Dead, right? And so it's gotten increasingly gory over the years, which has upset me because I don't remember it being. It was gory when it first started, but it's it's gotten way 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 more gory. And it, it, the turning point was, I don't know what season it was. It might have been season seven or something. But it was when Negan first came on the scene. And um, there was like a switch out behind the scenes of like, I think there was um, some somebody left or something. something. I feel like there was something going on behind the scenes because the show really took a turn after this character was introduced. And I was just like, they're just way, they're doing, I mean, I was, you know, this was my limit, but they're, now they're just, they're doing way too much um, with this blood and gore and stuff. Um, But it's still one of my favorite shows. It's final episode is coming up in August or October, I think I saw yesterday, the ad for it. So I'm excited. I'm hoping that, you know, they can end on a good note, at least. Um, because I've been watching this show since the very beginning and it's like a ride or die. Like I've literally, I mean, I've been, I've been upset with it, especially around the time when Negan came and 
all these, you know, these favorite characters were like dying. Um, I, you know, I was like, Ugh. and I, I'm still tired of Negan. I still don't like him, but uh, I'm hanging in there until the end to see what happens because there are certain characters that are still there that I really care about. I'm emotionally uh, invested in their their lives, so. That's the only reason why I'm still watching the show. I mean, I like the... I, I really, really, really was excited about the premise of the show. And because there hadn't been anything like that. They've done zombie movies, but they never did zombie TV shows. And I was really, really excited about that. But um, I'm really invested in these characters. And so I want to see it through. So I'm really excited. Uh, I hope... Um, one particular family, I don't want to say it, I don't know who likes the show or whatever, but one particular family, um, well, I guess I'll just say it. Rick and Michonne, um, Judith, um, they've had a lot of loss, you know, throughout the series. Like, I mean, everyone's had a lot of loss, but they're some of my, they're, you know, some of my favorite people on the show. So I hope they can find, they get some happiness they can I don't know I want Rick to come back because I, I think he's still alive somewhere I don't know I mean I've been hoping that he's still alive somewhere so so I'm just I'm hoping that he um that they can get like some sort of good can happen to them at the end of the season and the same for who else maybe yeah the same for Maggie because she's just she's been through it um and I don't know. I just I want Negan to go away. Like I I don't know. I just he's he's crazy, and even hearing his backstory, um, they did on one episode. I just, I still don't feel sympathy for him, because that is one huge leap to take. Um, but he was kind of like a butthole, so maybe that's like the development of the butthole. <laughs> that's a really weird phase. But, you know, he was kind of a jerk. So I guess the development of the jerk during the zombie apocalypse was that he would turn into a sociopathic killer. I mean, because he was kind of careless. He didn't really, um, he didn't really care about his wife's feelings. Like he wasn't that, he was very selfish, um, before the apocalypse in a way. And so I guess that brought out the worst in him. I mean, he turned him into a sociopath, psychopathic. I don't know. I can't think of the difference on top of my head, but um, some killer who's just, just I don't I don't know how you would describe him, but he's he's crazy. Um, I don't know how you would turn to that because it's not so much of a survival. I mean, I guess it could be a survival instinct, but I mean, you have people like Rick. He's not out there indiscriminately just killing people and trying to like lord over everybody. Well, you know what? Yeah, he kind of is, but <laughs> he kind of did do that. But it was in a way that was that was less frightening. I feel that you know that he was still trying to look out for everybody, and he was still kind of somewhat of a good guy. You know, the best you could be in the circumstances. But I don't know. I think Negan. It was just a. It was like a dark side of it, and like he was doing really, really crazy stuff. He was like burning people and. Uh, I think he might have cut off somebody's hand. You know, just like out, outlandish stuff. Like, is that really necessary? Um, but anyway, 
I was gonna just like list over um oh where was I oh um yeah so I'm an 80s horror movie fan I do like some modern horror movies um horror is definitely my favorite genre uh, I love 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 vampire themed movies and zombie themed movies and that's why I love Walking Dead when it first came out um I think my favorite vampire movie is do I have a favorite vampire movie Oh, my favorite vampire movie is um, probably From Dust Till Dawn. I'm not really, I don't really like, well, I don't like any Quentin Tarantino movies. I only like that one. And I think the only reason I liked it is because it has vampires. There's some parts of it that I don't like, but um, I like the fighting vampires part. That was really cool. And my favorite zombie movie is probably going to be the classic Night of the Living Dead. But I also love, um, I had a movie in mind. I can't think of what it was. I think I was going to say, no, not 28 Days Later. I don't think that's a good, it's not really one of my favorite zombie movies. But I do like, um, so my favorite is not Living Dead for Zombies. Um, I do like the, I don't know what year it was, but Warm Bodies, which was a zombie movie, but it's like a heartwarming zombie movie. Um, that, one was, that one's kind of funny. That one was good. I, I also like the remake, um, the remake of Night of Living Dead, which was, I think, in 1990 two or 93 was in the 90s uh, I hated the ending of the original Night of the Living Dead the black and white one from like 1956 or whatever uh, I hated the ending of it I, I was upset with that I wanted my man to make it through but he was definitely up there in history of black people in horror movies to survive that long you know um, so plus plus for um, what is his name I can't think of his name off the top of my head but yeah, he was he was a really good actor. <laughs> they should start. I should start. Uh, you know, maybe we're gonna do that on a pod. That's gonna be an episode. Um, black, black survive, black horror movie survivor, survivors Hall of Fame. Mental note. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. That's gonna be episode. Halloween episode. I'm coming. I'm I'm getting prepared for Halloween. That's my favorite holiday, and. Uh, I'm going to do all these, try to do some more horror movies, kind of like I did last year, and do some horror-themed episodes that don't really revolve around a particular movie. And so that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put that on my list of things to do. Black Horror Movie Survivors Hall of Fame. And then I need to find guests because it, it, it'll be more fun with um, someone else in the podcast. Um. Oh, um favorite movies um that these are the movies that I will watch over and over again like sometimes I have favorite movies but I don't like to watch them a lot because I don't want to get like tired of them I don't know but there are some movies that I just I just really really love um my all-time favorite movie is Nightmare on Elm Street the first Nightmare on Elm Street 
but any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies from the series, I watched them over and over again. I grew up watching them on TV, so they have a, you know, they have a special place in my heart. Uh, it reminds me of my childhood, <laughs> so I, I always, I always gotta watch that. I have the complete um, DVD set of all of them, and um, I love, I love the original. It's I appreciate it more that I'm older than I did when I was younger. I mean, I loved it when I was younger, but like knowing under, you know, the nuances of film and, and all of that and, and learning about the director, Wes Craven, it just made me like appreciate the film more. Uh, some other favorites, Terminator 2. No matter what, what I'm doing, if Terminator 2 is on TV, like I just watch it, I... I love this movie. It's so good. It's historically, and I've heard a lot of you, and whoever listens probably have heard a lot of people quote this, but it's one of the very few movies where the sequel was better than the original. Um, Terminator 2 was amazing. Uh, Just amazing. One of my favorite lines from the film is, is, um, when Arnold, the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking to Edward Furlong and he's like, it's in your nature to destroy each other. And he's talking about humans, how we've, you know, continually destroyed, um, destroyed others throughout our existence on this planet, which is really horrific and sad, but you know, you got a machine telling us this, and he, no lies were told. I Googled to make sure that that was the right line. The right, the correct line is, it's in your nature to destroy yourselves. From what I was able to research. I hope y'all like my Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. Um, Another movie that I love to watch over and over again is Eve's Bayou. That, that's one of my favorites. So, Nine on Elm Street, Eve's Bayou, um, like my top two favorite movies. Um, I also love watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And I like the National Lampoon movies with Chevy Chase. And my favorite one, I believe it's called European Holiday, where they win this contest on like a game show. And they send them like to Europe and they just, they wreak havoc. Um, but that's, that's the Griswolds. That's what they do. <laughs> it's, it's cheesy 80s humor, often offensive. Um, but they, I mean, you could do such crazy stuff in the 80s that say and do stuff that you cannot do now. Um, so it's definitely reflective of that time period. And um, I added this one. I'm going to add this one because I, I watched it the other day. But The Faculty, uh, it's one of those classic teen horror sci-fi thriller movies. Like I like The Faculty. I also like Disturbing Behavior and... Uh, What's the oh um 
Final Destination. They're all like kind of in the same genre. And then at the time they had like the who's who in like the it, you know, teen heartthrobs or whatever, whoever it was at the time. Because the faculty at Josh Hartnett, I remember I was like, I believe I was in high school when that came out and I was like crushing on Josh Hartnett. And um, uh, what's the other movie? Um, Disturbing Behavior had, oh gosh, what is his name? Uh, and he still looks hot now. But it was the lead, his name is, let me Google because Katie Holmes is in it, James Marsden. Um, they were like teen heart thoughts. Um, because I think around 98 when this came out, I was in, I was in middle school. But Dawson's Creek, I think, was on. I think she might have been on Dawson's Creek at the time. Or she might have, you know, already been in films. And then maybe it was Dawson's Creek later on. But two heartthrobs. And um, what was the other? Final Destination had Devin Sawa. And uh, what's that guy from, like, he was like either an American Pie or like Dude's Where's My Car with Ashton Kutcher. But they were like, you know, the it young actors playing high school kids. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's, it's those classic kind of horror teen drama, horror teen thriller movies, all of the same in the category. There are probably others, but those are the only ones I can think of. And favorite TV shows, like I said, Walking Dead. Uh, put that first because that's like number one. But also, um, a lot of these shows, two of these shows, I started and then they haven't re they haven't come back on air since the pandemic started last year. They did like a season finale and they haven't come back yet. So I hope they come back because they were like my favorites. But Nosferatu, um, just. Dispatchers from elsewhere was really good. Stranger Things, they've done about like three, four seasons now. So we got a little something to like marinate on. But with Nosferatu, I think they had maybe one or two seasons. Dispatchers from elsewhere had just came on um, and went off on their season finale before the pandemic hit. And I don't know if they're gonna come back, but I thought it was a really good show. The Umbrella Academy, it's amazing. Um, they also, I think they did about two, maybe three seasons before the pandemic. And I'm like listing all these shows. A lot of these shows are from Netflix because I don't really watch TV like that. I just, no one's doing really think any different on, you know, mainstream TV. So we really don't have these interesting shows that come on that really pique my interest. But um, a classic mainstream TV show. And I guess it was in the 90s and I don't know. They don't really do it anymore. But Third Rock from the Sun was very unique and different. And it is hilarious, hilarious. Um, and I remember when I was younger and I used to see... Um, I guess it was either when the reruns were coming on or when it was actually on air. And I remember like flipping through the channels and watching a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, this show is so stupid. 
And then when I actually like sat down to watch it earlier, it was like really, really funny. I mean, the characters are stupid, but that's what makes it funny. Um, and oh, the Good Place, which started out on I think NBC, and they they're no longer on air. I think their final season was last year, maybe. So I need to catch up that on Netflix, but it is hilarious. I love that show. Oh, more Netflix shows special, which is on Netflix. They just, I recently watched season two. So, so, so funny. And Young Rules, of course. I did my podcast episode about that this week. Really, really amazing show. Just did their first season on Netflix. And American Horror Story, I haven't watched it in a while. I'm, I need to catch up with all the different new seasons. Uh, I know each season they do a new like theme and a new like plot, which is like really great in case you haven't caught up, but I still wanna catch up just to like know what I've missed, I guess. Um, so I've seen up until uh, whichever season, the New Orleans, which one was? That was the last um, season I saw American Horror Story. And I started watching the Carnival one. Oh, no, Freak Show. It's called Freak Show. Uh, but then I just, I don't know, something happened. I didn't finish that. So I'm like really behind. So I want to catch up. Freak Show was really interesting. And then the hotel one, I remember when that one came out. I was like, that's interesting because it was like an 80s, I think like an 80s theme hotel. Um, but my favorite season of American Horror Story was Asylum. That was like my favorite season. Um, the very first season, I didn't really like that one. I don't know why I didn't really like the very first season of American Horror Story, the, the house one. And, oh, uh, let's see. Before I close out, um... I was like looking over my all the shows like favorite movies and favorite TV shows that I mentioned and I guess it's mostly horror horror drama mystery thrillers with a little bit of sci-fi <laughs> my guilty pleasures lifetime movies speaking of lifetime movies I and it had to be a lifetime movie. I was watching Netflix late one night and there was this movie that came on and this guy came to town and he I think he must have stopped this mom and her daughter before he got to town because he set it up in a way that he would just happen to like quote unquote run into them and I don't I mean I, I, I can't remember the name so I mean you'll have to like look for it but even if you don't I can't remember the name. <laughs> um, he ended up trying to like, he ended up seducing the mom and the daughter. And I was like, what is going on? He was like, I want to be a family. We have to stick together. And I was like, how are you going to be a family if you're having sex with, like, what kind of twisted family is this? You're having sex with the mom and the daughter? Like, this is insane. But I, get, I still gave it a thumbs up on Netflix <laughs> It's just so, I don't know, it's just, it's it's drama, but not like 
they're about to get an Oscar for it. It's like drama. It's a relate, not relatable drama, but it's like low. I don't want to say low budget. I mean, they had a. It's like. It's not the drama you win an Oscar for. It's like the stuff you kind of. I was sort of like laughing and yelling at my TV at the same time. Like that kind of drama. But it was trashy indulgence because I was like, what is going on? I, because I called it, I was like, I know he's, I think he's sleeping with the mom and the daughter. And then it was revealed that I was right and I gave myself a pat on the back for spotting that head on. Um, but I was like, this is, this is, this, I, I'm pretty sure this was on Lifetime Network at one point. That's, that's what I like. Um, my go-to uh, for shows specifically, I usually like shows that seem basic on the surface, but I have a little twist, a little something weird, a little something off about the plot or the characters. Um, so I'm all for that. Like, I just want something that's a little different. Like, they don't have I me, mean, you have to go all out the way, but take third ride from the sun. Oh, a new family moves in the town. That's pretty normal, that's pretty basic. But no, let's have them be aliens and be on a mission. They don't know anything about humans. And so they're kind of learning as they go and mayhem ensues. That's that's a twist on the basic plot. And I was like, yes, um, that's hilarious. Um, but that show is just, it's, I hope they won Oscars for it. I have enough research, but they should have won Oscar Academy Award whatever they give Emmys I think for TV shows I think they get Emmys I think um, maybe well uh, this kind of went on longer than I thought it was going to go so I'm just going to draw this episode to a close if you would like to no you should follow me on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for Juncture Podcast. I am also on Twitter um, at Juncture Podcast, and uh, I've been posting my weekly, the first and third Wednesday, new episodes. I usually try to alternate between films and dreams. Um, I think I'm going to start also doing. On the second and fourth Fridays, doing the watch-alongs again, um, where I do, you know, I watch a movie and during that span of an hour and 30 minutes or hour, 45 minutes, whatever, I do live commentary on uh, really uh, bad films, but bad in a good way films. Um, I think the last one I did was, was it Elvira? Um, I usually do like really cheesy movies. Um, movies that I've already seen plenty of times, but they're like my favorite. And I just kind of sit down one night and just watch it and make fun of the people on the show. <laughs> and so that's the entire episode. It's not actually any like analysis going on it's just me talking about the the stupidity or whatever of the characters but anyway um thanks for listening and i hope y'all tune in next time